Hi, Valerie. Randall. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, and happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Who cares? Welcome to Happy Birthday, Who Cares? The pod, the preliminant, preliminant, <laughs> preeminent podcast. <laughs> the preeminent podcast on. The parliamentary podcast. The date, on... October 1st, the best day ever. Well, the only day we were born. I wish we had a big box of candy. Gosh. We were at the movies uh, yesterday. We went and saw Detective Pikachu. Oh, I'm sorry. Pokemon colon Detective Pikachu. (laughs) Was there a colon? I think there was. Um, And we had the opportunity for a lot of candy, but did not eat any candy. Idiots. You had some popcorn. I did, and it was good. And I had a piece of pizza that was not good. Mm. Sorry, movie local movie theater who shall not be named. I, I like that theater. I do too. We went to the, no, I'll name them. We went to the St. John Twin and uh, here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, everything else ex- except for the pizza. I think there might have just been a weird sauce on it. Not everybody can pull off a Hawaiian pizza, Randall. Yeah. By the way, spoiler, Randall loves Hawaiian pizza. And uh, If you but, don't like it, you're wrong. Yeah, if you don't like it. <laughs> fight me i guess i don't know <laughs> people have issues like max our son max does not enjoy pineapple pizza or hawaiian pizza he doesn't like anything that's a unusual combination of flavors was that a secret yeah it's a secret. <laughs> he doesn't uh, like sweet things in in his dinner meals in his savoriness yeah well it's weird he's wrong i don't know one day he'll figure it out i don't know did you always like hawaiian pizza I feel like Hawaiian pizza didn't come around until I was like 13 years old because I'm old. <laughs> I don't remember a time when there wasn't Hawaiian pizza. Well, that's the difference between you and me. Yeah, that's what two and years. And no diggity. <laughs> that's what two years. Also, we the song No Diggity played <laughs> while we were in the mall the other day. And it was discovered that that was the thing that I knew the name of or I knew the meaning of. I knew no diggity means no doubt. I knew the song, but I had no idea what No Diggity meant yeah. in that context. But neither of us knew the name of the band that did that song, or could be bothered to look it up. So if you know the answer, <laughs> uh, the, please reach out. Please reach out to us on Twitter at HBWC Podcast with the important, the first person to reply will receive a shout out along with the second, third, and fourth person to reply with the answer. <laughs> Maybe we should start mailing people gifts. Yeah. Promotional items. Do you think it would increase our... It might. Maybe we could do a pin. It's got to be something really good, though. Could we do an enamel pin that looks like the logo that you made for the podcast? No, it's got to be cooler than that. Like something that people would actually want to wear. Something mysterious. Um, Inscrutable. What's a podcast phrase or... Oh, I don't think we have a catchphrase yet. No, we don't have a catchphrase yet. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag magic finger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what the pin I would wear a pin that said hashtag magic finger just to see what people would say I don't think I would mm, well sorry maybe if uh, Robin drew it and it was uh, oh yeah and it was very stylized shout, Robin. Out, shout out to Robin Casey she's an yeah. ex- excellent artist do you remember what her name is on uh, Instagram oh oh this is worth looking up yeah oh, hold, hold on, on. Uh, she is Roz Draws, R-O-Z-D-R-A-W-S on Instagram. She's also a, a goat mom, I guess. Here in Portland, there's a 
group of neighborhood goats called the Belmont Goats, and she is one of their keepers. She's a goat, a friend of the goats, and uh, and also a fantastic illustrator in the world of um, mostly particularly in, hand think, lettering. Yeah, hand lettering, which I find to be one of my favorite <clears throat> things to look at. Would definitely check her out on Instagram. Um, but if she drew something for Magic Finger that was then like we could turn into a pen, I would wear it, but Valerie is on the fence. I don't know if it looked good enough. Maybe we can commission at some point. I guess I would say I'm into aesthetics more than I'm into content. Yep. Anything else going besides Pokemon colon detective Pikachu film movie film for theaters? <laughs> Have you seen <laughs> or done anything else this week? I've been, I've been real busy with work. Mm-hmm. Been working on my glass. Yeah. Today, a couple of my clients gifted us an outdoor heater. Yeah. I never thought we were the sort of people who would try to heat the outdoors. We were having this conversation earlier. What do you think an outdoor heater is like? Is it like thousands that, of dollars that's like or a, something? That's like Richie Rich territory. Whoa. Hey, look out. One of the, I've never had one before, so I don't know why I feel like it's cheap or whatever, but it doesn't feel like a very expensive item. It feels like the most extravagant, wasteful thing you could possibly try to do. <laughs> I lost my mind there real quick. So wasteful to burn propane for heat. Oh my God. Sitting outside wow. because you couldn't just walk three feet and go inside well, where it's warm. So we're transitioning into outdoor people and we'll see how that works. <laughs> Outdoor people who have to bring their own heater. Yeah, I'll li- I'll be outdoors, but you must require require abnormally hot weather to for it to happen. I require full plumbing. <laughs> we had a previous podcast where we talked about uh, Yosemite Park, mm-hmm. and we decided that camping is right out, but maybe just sitting outside is okay for a while. I like sitting outside. I like sitting outside with a table and a drink. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. I like it. Okay, we can do that. I'm looking forward to that heater. And thank you to... Kirsten and Emily. Kirsten and Emily. And it was very nice nice of them to give it to us. I wonder if they know I have a podcast. Maybe you should I'll, tell them. I should probably tell them. Tell them, uh, that, uh, tell them that they have a call out or a shout out this week. And then also, if you are looking to buy a home in the Portland area, they're selling their house <laughs> soon. So, you know, uh, that's a thing. Good price. Yeah, a good you. price. Good price. If you want to live in St. John's. What are we talking about today? What are, what are we talking about today? Do you want to say it? I'll say it because it's so weird. In uh, 1976, on October 1st, the movie Carry On England debuted. But um, what what is that? Okay, so Randall discovered this movie premiered, and we were like, uh, what? Yeah. And it turns out, that the Carry On movies are some kind of British tradition, yeah. That resulted in what thirty-one movies. Well, let's let's not jump ahead and okay. get into it. But first, let me just tell you about this movie, Carry On England, right? And uh, I'm straight up going to read the description of it and react as you will. Here we go, Captain S. Melly. Get it? All right, let's stop real quick. <laughs> Captain S. Melly. Uh, takes over as the new commanding officer at an experimental mixed-sex air defense base. It's 1940, and England is under heavy bombardment, but the crew seems more interested in each other than the enemy planes above. Captain Melly plans to put a stop to all this and becomes the target of a campaign to abandon his separatist ideals. 
In the dark days of 1940, England had its back to the wall most of the time. But Peter Rogers and Gerald Thomas found a little unit who had their backs to the wall all of the time. I could have sworn someone said bang. Oh, what a lovely idea. What? What the <laughs> fuck? What just happened? Uh, they, okay. So these movies. Yes. So that, that Carry On England, that movie was the 28th in a series of 31 Carry On movies that were made. These movies are basically... They're like kind of almost like Benny Hill. Yeah. They're, like they don't have the fast moving and the no. yakety sacks. No, no, they, they do. do. Oh, they do. Never <laughs> they mind. They do have that. But yeah, they're basically like uh, British little sex farce things. They, does it, it seem possible or likely that you and I would not be aware of this in any way whatsoever? That is truly the biggest question of today's podcast is, is there any other thing like this that was a, yeah. a staple in a basically a sister culture to yeah, ours. It's not like we're not watching a ton of British entertainment in other ways, right? And and even British entertainment from like the seventies. Yeah. When we were kids. Yeah. Yeah. I it's really weird. It's like it's like this developed in an alternate universe. I was trying to think of an analog situation. Yeah. Like what if we just never heard about James Bond movies, for right. example? What if you learned today that there was a show called Sesame Street? Right. That you had never heard of. <laughs> like, that's what the equivalent is. Yeah, or The Simpsons even. Yeah. No, this is... But I'm, I mean, something that went on for like decades. This is... I'm going to get into it, but this is a multiple decade yeah. thing, right? The, 32? 32. 32. That's probably like 40 years. Did I say 32? 31. 31 episodes. 31 movies. Not episodes. It's not a TV show. These are movies that were released in the movie theater. It's very strange. I don't believe it. I feel like we're victims of an elaborate prank. <laughs> Someone discovered that we are looking at October 1st dates. And just and then throwing, throwing shit us. out there. Um, let me let me read a little bit about the uh, Carry On movie franchise. Like we said, the Carry On series primarily consists of 31 British comedy motion pictures, which aired from 1958 to 1992. To be fair, the 1992 one was sort of an anomaly. It was kind of crap. It was mostly a till 1978. That was when the last real one was. And then there was a big break. And then 1992 one aired. So essentially 20 solid years. Late 50s, late 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in addition to those 31 movies, four Christmas specials. <laughs> a television series of 13 episodes, and three West End provincial stage plays. That is so strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the description was, the film's humor was in the British comedic tradition of the music hall and body seaside postcards. Uh-huh. The series contains the largest number of films of any British series. And it is the longest continually running UK film series. Although there was a 14 year break. Okay. Real, real talk with audience here. Yeah. Will you please reach out to us? No matter when you hear this podcast, reach out to us on Twitter or by email or whatever. 
and find us and tell us if you've ever heard of this. I would love to know if, if you have ever heard of this or any of these movies. And should we read all 31 movies? No, I don't think that's necessary. <laughs> if you've ever heard of this series or if you have any inkling of what this is about before you heard this podcast, I would love to know. We would love to know about it. And where you heard about it. Yeah. I'll say that we uh, didn't watch the whole movie. We just watched parts of the movie. And then we watched a documentary on the Carry On series of movies, which was super weird because they they often talked about how non-politically correct the movie was, which I don't really buy. And also <laughs> that it was so groundbreaking that um, it paved the way for everything else, which I don't know what it paved the way for. Because it's really, it's its own thing, it seems like. So, what do you think about that documentary on this? The whole thing is kind of weird. Because, obviously, the whole series is mega sexist. Probably super racist. Yeah, they even showed the racism and talked about how it was racist. It's really, like, something that exists out of time now. You know? And, like, it's never going to... Like that, that era of humor, I think is, has just passed. And so seeing something like that, where they're being very self-congratulatory about it, it's fine. I get it that it like, you know, it sort of pushed some barriers. It pushed some barriers of sexuality and camp and things like that. But at the same time, I mean, don't pat yourselves on the back too hard. Yeah, you know, we're real proud of our (laughs) achievements. It was weird. They could be proud that they did something that had a longevity you know that was fine the the weirdest thing about that documentary for me is that all those actors were extremely posh yeah like fancy lads they were they were very fancy people they were definitely from the the upper crust of british society and they took themselves very seriously and yet they were doing these really absurd things yeah like uh riding a a medical cart down the staircase and then being like, I'm a Shakespearean actor, you know? <laughs> um, but maybe, oh, you know, maybe is it possible that we just hear that accent and we assume there's something to it? I think so. Do you think there's like a more lowbrow accent when the person is lowbrow for a I, I wasn't. I wasn't just based it on the accent. Is it possible for someone to be proud and embarrassed at the same time? Because that was the general weird consensus I got like some people were just like it was a thing and uh, I'm proud of what I did but also it was a thing I felt like the women were much more self-effacing about it than the men were yeah I agree with the one guy who had the black turtleneck sitting on the stage being interviewed (laughs) was a bit much it was like oh the act behind the actor's studio I see and then of of course the one the one openly gay actor killed himself afterwards Yeah. yeah It's just tri- typical, tragic archetypes. Yeah. Absurd. Truly absurd. I was thinking about the the weird title, carry on whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of all the different ways that the terms carry on is are used. In I was wondering about that. Do you happen to know what they meant by that? I don't, but I have three, I have three thoughts. So there are three definitions of the term carry on that I think maybe they used because all three applied. So there's the first that's to persevere, which is the the very English mm-hmm. keep calm and carry on kind of, you know, idea. Yes. So that's one. The second one I found was 
a commotion. So the usage is, I think an unhappy cat is the blame for the carry on happening outside my window. Oh, right so now. like, the, oh, stop your carrying on. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a loud a ruckus. A ruckus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the third definition I found was to have an affair or flirt sure. or have sex with someone. Right. So a uh, quick carrying on with Ted. He's a married man. Sure. Would be used yeah. In sentence. Yeah. Weirdly, all three of those were appropriate <laughs> for the series at the same time. I think it's probably the first one. But you must admit that all three of them. I really want to know. I and I we didn't get this information from the little mini documentary we watched. No. How did this originate? Who wrote it? Who pitched it? I don't know. And I'm not going to look. <laughs> Forget it. I know it's true. It's honestly this is a weird topic to have because I kind of felt like after watching that it's like, oh, I see what this is about. This is kind of a weird sex romp. Yeah, it's kind of just a gross, cheap form of entertainment, and how are we going to talk about it? It's the lowest common denominator of movie entertainment. When but when really the most interesting thing to us is the fact that we never heard of it before. It feels, it feels <laughs> impossible, even to this moment after watching it. You, we were watching the documentary, and I swear to God, through it, I was just like, have I seen this? I feel like I've seen this, but maybe it's just like the trope. Like yeah. you've seen the trope of a guy falling through a hole in a fence. Sure. Or you've seen the trope of someone bending over in their pants. Splitting. I mean, you've yeah, you've seen Pink Panther movies. Yeah. You've seen. Yeah. Yeah. It's maybe and maybe in some way, like the things I've seen were inspired by this. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, I definitely can see Matt Berry's humor. In yeah. Generating from this. Yeah. Very much so. Very much like the idea of some over the top. Some boorish dude. Yeah treating ladies badly did you watch a lot of or watch any benny hill when you were a kid i remember it was on occasionally but i i remember it's again it's a lot like james bond in that i remember it being okay well this is ridiculous i'm (laughs) i'm already too old for this and then the things i'm not too old for are sexual and weird and embarrassing It's like uh, you're too smart for the dumb parts and you're too young for the adult parts. Exactly. And who do you think that was marketed to? I don't know. I have a low standard of who I think (laughs) that show was marketed to. Put yourself back in time 40 years. Say say you were a young man 40 years ago. Would that... And you hadn't seen any of the type of humor that we have currently. Yeah. So that's you, sophisticated you would, as shit. I don't know if it would be sophisticated, but it's it's transgressive enough that you'd be like, holy shit, I can't believe they just did that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what it but is. But there's some parts of it that is just so dumb. Like Super dumb. Unwatchably. The, the yakety sacks fast forwarding scenes make me want to jump out of my own skin when I saw them, <laughs> when I saw them as a child, <laughs> like as a, as like a child, I saw these and was like, only this is for, this is for someone else. I don't get this. I don't understand this. The carry on movies reminded me of both Benny Hill and are you being served? Have you ever seen that? I never really saw that. No, I mean, was, I'm aware of what it is. It was but. always on before I think Doctor Who on our local PBS station. And yeah. so I would catch bits of it and it was very boring to me, but it was this extremely campy sitcom. It would be like hijinks, things would fall down mm-hmm. and then it would be wordplay, pun, mm-hmm. puns of of people saying things that innuendos. Like other, innuendos, yeah. 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 
which is basically all that carry on series is is innuendos puns and people falling down and an occasional uh boob (laughs) and an occasional breast showing up can you think of any show or movie or series that you never saw until very late in your life I mean like I could think of shows that I saw that were well after like when they like when I saw Doctor Who it was year decades after it aired did you feel like you had missed some sort of cultural zeitgeist by not witnessing it till then well no Uh, and okay so I thought of something so I did watch a lot of syndicated shows and uh what was the like Nick at Night? Mm-hmm. Like I watched the entire run of uh, Mary Tyler Moore show and um, the New Heart show and the Dick Van Dyke show. I've never watched those. Those shows really are out of time. The Dick Van Dyke show is the one I would recommend the most, and it's the one that I remember the most. He's a show like writer. He's a writer on a comedy show, or he's a star of the comedy show. I can't remember now. I think he's a writer. That's pretty meta by itself. Yeah. And he works with two writers and he has a home life with Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. And I remember like the, their life was completely not understandable. Like the the way you could not relate to not make sense. Yeah. Yeah. But then the funny parts, the comedy and the banter was just totally fine and totally acceptable. Yeah. What about you? Was there any show that you watched after it? Well, after it aired, um, it's not exactly the same thing, but I remember when I first saw a Federico Fellini movie, mm-hmm. I think it was eight and a half. I saw it, um, at the UC theater in Berkeley. It suddenly made a whole bunch of other culture and media make sense. Oh, like you saw the keystone that yes. you hadn't known that existed all. Along. I didn't know what like the Calvin Klein obsession commercials were referencing. I didn't right. know what, you know just any number of things. I Mm. I didn't know where they came from. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is the origin story of that. I wonder if like kids that watch The Simpsons or or other shows, the modern shows that have lots of old references and don't know the references. I wonder if they're going to have weird moments like that later. Yeah, but I'm sure that they will. Yeah. I know that I've had that conversation with Max where it was like, I don't know the reference to this. It's kind of funny. But then when I show him the reference, he's like, oh, yeah. that makes sense. I think that's why comedy gets so much more interesting, at least in my opinion, as you get older, just because it continues to accumulate depth. Yeah. The the references help themselves over time. It's like sure. it's, it almost turns into endless callbacks. Yeah. And that's it. It's a it's a thousand turtles standing on each other's backs. <laughs> turtles all the way down <laughs> it's turtles all the way down friends <laughs> um i would love to hear other people's like i was thinking maybe mash might have been another one of those shows that i saw after the fact oh really because well. that's funny because mash was like ubiquitous in my childhood you watched it as it was on watched it both as it was on and then it was on some in syndication almost at the same time so it it also felt out of touch and problematic even when i watched it for sure yeah I would like to know if anyone else has a show like that or a movie series or something that you saw later and it it filled the pl- the pieces in. That would be kind of interesting to hear. What By the way, people's lives. did you know that Alan Alda has a podcast? 
No. He does. It's about, I don't know if it's specifically about science stuff, but uh-huh. it's about having experts explain kind of high level concepts oh. in a, in an everyman kind of way. Well, I'd like to hear that. I'd, I'd also like to have him as a guest on our podcast. If you're a friend of Alan Alda and you can somehow connect us, I don't know what we'll do and I don't know how to interview people, but it would be <laughs> nice. Do you, what's your take on Alan Alda? You told me this before. I did, because yeah. now I'm not sure I'm going to tell you the same thing again. Well, you better tell me what you tell me what you said before, because I don't quite remember it. What's your take on Alan Alda? I always sort of liked him in this like semi crush, semi dad kind of way. That's what you told. Does me that before. sound familiar? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you said you you had a thing for Alan Alda. Creepy. Yeah, I don't know. He was a handsome dude. I mean, he's still a handsome guy, even when he was. Even when he was on 30 Rock looking old, begging for a kidney, he was still good looking. Randall, I like a wisecracking dude. Yeah, well. What am I going to say? That bodes well. I like it. This was a long, long franchise. 30, 31 films. We looked. I looked up some other long franchises to kind of get some context for it. So the James Bond movie franchise, there have been 24 movies. 24 Bond movies going back to like the 60s. I'm actually kind of surprised there weren't more. Yeah. With the 25th one coming out in 2020, I guess. Which was your uh, favorite Bond? Did we already we, cover we, this? We've already covered this. It was, hold on, let me think of it. Dr. No. Nope. Dr. Nope. Your favorite Bond was Sean Connery. And it was, <laughs> what was it? You're so freaking what wrong. Was it? <laughs> Tell me what it was. <laughs> All right, my favorite Bond. Yes, and we're going to go back to the other episode and verify this was. The oh my answer. god, is this an all James Bond podcast? This is <laughs> welcome to Bond Bond Bondcast. Bondcast. <laughs> welcome to Bondcast, the po- the podcast where we crowbar in James Bond in every conversation. <laughs> no, I don't give a shit about James Bond. I just it just is one of these movies. And we just talked about it like two episodes I know. Ago. And that's why we don't have to again reiterate which our favorite words were. Oh, I just wanted to ask you what it was just oh. to remind me. What was it? Uh, my favorite James Bond movie? Yeah. It was probably The Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, that's right. Yes. But I don't, a good 20 years since I've seen it. I it, don't think it's any good. It's because of that um, that theme song from What's Her Name? Carol oh, yeah. King. Carol King? No, uh, Carly Simon. Carly Simon. Yeah, it was pretty good. Godzilla movies. There have been more Godzilla movies than Carry On movies. There have been 33 Godzilla movies. Are they all Godzilla movies or are you talking like Toho kaiju movies? I didn't look that carefully. I'd like to go back, go back to, <laughs> go back to. Let's the go report. to the judges. So yeah. And there'll be a 34th, I guess, movie. Is that this year? Is that coming up this month? It must be soon. At the end of the month, I think. That trailer looked pretty good. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. What other movie series has had longevity? I mean, it's hard too with stuff like the Marvel Universe because they all sort of Valerie. That crossover. was those were all movies that featured Godzilla, not just kaiju movies. Impressive. Thirty-three, and the thirty-fourth. What was the question you just asked me? I wonder how many kaiju movies in general there were. Oh gosh. Well, I don't think anything was as prolific as Godzilla. The first Godzilla movie, by the way, came out in 1954. Definitely a post-war reaction. Yeah. The next series that I wanted to talk about, Mm -hmm. ironically enough, 
the Pokemon series. There have been 23 movies in the Pokemon series, but they're mostly cartoons. They're all cartoons. They're 100% cartoons. Is that J- Japan releases not? Yeah, Japan okay. and and then I feel translated like maybe, American releases. Maybe there was like five American releases, maybe. What is the what is the Pokemon Pokemon movie was there was the, one? the Pokemon movie. Uh-huh. There was some Team Rocket thing. There was Detective Pikachu. Yep. Was there a red and blue something something? No, that's the next one, I think. Yeah, I don't think most of those made it over here. Mm. Maybe on video. I don't know if all of those Godzilla ones made it either, but Okay, that's true. Um the next Pokemon movie is supposed to be Pokemon Red and Blue, the story. What did you think about that Pokemon movie we saw this week? You know my like I'm kind of a not I'm not a Pokemon super fan. I do enjoy them. I think it's cute. I played the game when I was a kid. Sure. You know? I don't know everything about Pokemon. I think I'm just a little too old. I loved it. I love that movie. <laughs> it was a perfect, it was a perfect Pokemon movie. Like you didn't, you just stepped into it. Like it wasn't like, what the fuck is this? It was like, here it is. They made a world and they, yeah. and you believed it. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't apologize for it. I really liked that. Or try to explain it. Pokemon kind of live in the uncanny valley anyway. Yeah. And making them into CG realistic creatures with fur and stuff really yeah. made them better for me. Yeah. All of the creative decisions they made about the, the character design were spot on. Like, they were excellent. And the cinematography was pretty and yeah. they did a really good job. It was, yeah. I mean, it was, it's, a, it's a family movie. It's very earnest. It's not overly deep or anything like that. But no. they did they did a nice job at what they did. It was a... It was a movie made for children, and I was engaged the entire time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It was a nice diversion, too. Yeah. At no point was I bored or ready for it to end. Agree. What did you, what's your take on them continuing the saga and getting into the world of battles and. See, that's. It's going to get weird. One of the reasons why I like this movie is because I'm really not so much into the Pokemon battles. Yeah. And this was built around a world where, well, it's built around a city where specifically it was made where humans and Pokemons could live side by side yeah. as opposed to this weird indentured <laughs> gladiator it was sort of relationship. Yeah. Sort of relationship you have. Yeah. I don't, I wonder, is there another Pokemon story where it's not about I'm collecting them all and not about a cataloging of 500 Pokemon? I don't know. I would like to see that. I hope that they go in that direction and I hope that they continue with the beautiful character characters that they made. In the movie, they basically had a Pokemon assigned to every person where, you know, you chose a Pokemon oh, yeah. and a Pokemon uh-huh. chose you. Mm-hmm. Which Pokemon would be your Pokemon? I'm not, a, I'm not a Pokemon expert. You don't have to know all of them. Just pick one. But I was thinking of, I thought maybe the Psyduck thing because of headaches, you know? Mm-hmm. But then what's the, uh, the magic, uh, magic carp? Nope. <laughs> Maybe, but no, no, the magic, it's like a magic cat, cadabra or something like that. Oh, that's an interesting yeah. choice. It's a cat, but also it's got magic. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, a psychic cat. Yeah. Psychic cat. I think I like that. 
Speaking of, right as you said that, <laughs> the cat our jumped on actual <laughs> cat jumped. Moon Cookie just jumped over here onto my lap. So stay off the computer, she's, Moon Cookie. She's also psychic. Um, what about you? What, which Pokemon would you pick? I have a weird affinity for Bulbasaur. But there's nothing weird about that. Bulbasaur is amazing. <laughs> That's an amazing Pokemon. I don't know why I like them. I just do. What about uh, Squirtle? Squirtle's pretty cute, although... Okay, so gun when, fetishist. <laughs> the when, gun's flowing out of his back. When you take a Squirtle and you CG him, he ends up looking kind of like a baby with a turtle shell. Oh. Which is a little bit alarming <laughs> to me. That's a good point. Who is the star of that? Besides Pikachu, who is the star of that movie? For me? Yeah. Bulbasaur. Yeah. Ditto. <laughs> Surprise twist. There's Surprise a, there's twist. There's a ditto. Uh, oh, they introduced it at the beginning. It's not a twist. Please enjoy the Pokemon movie. Then <laughs> this is the Pokemon podcast. <laughs> Pokecast. Uh, That's got to exist out there. The Pokecast. No. Let's take a step back and uh, to the Godzilla world. Mm-hmm. Well, who's your favorite kaiju a super monster? from those movies i'll branch it out it doesn't have to be the godzilla universe it could be a giant monster in any movie or tv universe do you have another another example it could be the the monster from a uh, cloverleaf is your favorite monster could be king kong yeah no none of those are any good okay uh i think my favorite would be well okay so my favorite kaiju standalone would probably be Mothra. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Let's, Again, it's probably an aesthetic decision. It's the most beautiful of kaiju. The most beautiful of kaiju has two lovely ladies that sing mm-hmm. to summon. Oh, yeah. The princesses the, or whatever. The cosmos, they're called. Oh, that's right. But I have to say, one of my most favorite kaiju movies is Gamera versus Giron. Mm-hmm. And that is simply because it's so funny. Yeah. That's the one with um, the cop and the children. It's the one with, okay, so we know what Gamera looks like. Yeah, Gamera is a turtle. Gamera is a turtle. Giron has a knife for a head. Yeah, he's That's like a fin. One. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I this isn't a large part to Mystery Science Theater, but yeah. that is my favorite one. Corn job. Corn job will be blamed. <laughs> Corn job. Welcome to MST3K cast. <laughs> I'll answer the question as well. Please do. Would it be would it be copping out to say Mecha Godzilla was my favorite? No. Because it's the awesome combination of a giant robot and also Godzilla. That's pretty cool. Sure. I think Godzilla probably probably is my all time favorite. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go too far out. It's classic. Just feels like truly the king of the monsters. I still think you should have a kaiju leg sleeve. <sighs> Remember I was gonna do that? Yeah. Yeah, chime in. Do you think, uh, is it too late in my life to get a giant monster <laughs> tattoo? Who cares what these people think? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and at that moment, Valerie turned <laughs> on the audience. Oh, man. I'm so tired of people telling me what to do and God, what I can't wear. I am sick of all of the negative <laughs> comments <laughs> on my future tattoo choices. But who was going to be on it? Do you remember? No, that's up to you. King, uh, King Go- Godira. Who, what is that guy's name? <gasps> the one with the three heads? Yeah. Yeah. Godira. Uh, so it would be Mothra and Gamera. Yeah. And Godzilla. You could have Godzuki if you wanted to. I do not. Bad choice. <laughs> I will not. 
Yeah, that's totally up to you. I thought maybe it would be on the left side, it would be Godzilla. Rodan. Yeah, Rodan. Uh, no, on the left side, it would be Godzilla, mm-hmm. and he'd be locking up with the macho man, Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just tie tie together all your... That's right. Just all of your... That would be kind of great, actually. All of your um, loves into one tattoo. Whimsy. Whimsy. That's so whimsical. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to ask us last question or do you want to, do you think that's Oh yeah. Uh, no, I want to ask you this last question. Yeah. If you say you were Mr. Richie Rich and somebody who had an outdoor heater Mm -hmm. and you could finance (laughs) any, any movie, any movie or TV show that you wanted and you wanted to choose it from a book or a story or a character what would you have made? So the problem with this is so many of the things that I've read already have I've already happened. We live in this post content world where like every company wants to take the IP that some book has and then they're going to turn it into whatever. I just was thinking the other day that this, a series of the dark tower would be great to get rid of that terrible movie they made. Yeah, if somebody's already made something and you don't yeah. like it, you can absolutely have a do-over. I think that might be it. It might be maybe my favorite thing. It's basically Stephen. Welcome to Stephen King podcast. It might be The Stand by Stephen King in a, like a modern miniseries as well. It's interesting that I am not a Stephen King hater. I've read a lot of Stephen King. Yeah. Very, totally entertaining. But the Stephen King stories that you gravitate to are not the ones that I like. No? Yeah, I was not a big fan of The Stand or The Dark Tower, really. What kind of Stephen King did you like? The shorter, one-off, horror-y stories? I, I like the ones that intertwined worlds and and had a continuity going through them. But, yeah. But the scarier ones, honestly. Yeah. I mean, he writes good, scary, scary books, too, so... I like really feeling like there's an otherworldly menace and in both the stand and the dark tower, it sort of boils down to like one charismatic dude, which I'm don't really, doesn't really do it for me. I thought of another one real quick before Mm -hmm. I ask you the same question. The other thing that I would like to see since I have carte blanche and I can eliminate things that have already happened, I would like to see a, TV series anthology maybe that was true to the original World War Z book. One where it was just a bunch of stories set around the world dealing with how people uh, were able to overcome or dealt with the zombie apocalypse. That would be the ideal of what I would like for a zombie movie or zombie show. Mm -hmm. So what about you? I don't think I have an answer for that right now. No. I mean, I have things that I love that have not been turned into movies or TV. Yeah. But I love them kind of as they are, and I don't think they need to be. How about like uh, William Gibson? Any William Gibson novels? You know, if somebody could really pull that off, great. Yeah. yeah. I'd be into it. What's the one with hero protagonist? That's the pizza delivery man. He, oh, that's um. Delivery? That's a Neil Stevenson book. Oh, sorry. What no, was it's the okay. Name? What was the name of that book? That's a. I keep wanting to say count zero. Snow crash. Snow crash. You know what's weird when you look up? Yeah, that's correct. When you look up hero protagonist, it tells 
the first results are like, what's the difference between a hero and a protagonist? <laughs> That's pretty funny. I always really loved the diamond age by Neil Stevenson. Oh yeah. Um, but that one is weird because one of the major plot points of the book was that there was this device <laughs> that iPad. is basically an iPad yeah. now. <laughs> An amazing iPad. <laughs> that has been invented since yeah. then. And really, I don't know if you could ever backtrack yeah. and make it into the thing it was in this book. I can't. All I remember about that was, yeah, they had, he invented the iPad in a book. And then also it kind of... The whole story ended kind of like with a fart. It was just kind of a... Meh. Yeah, Neil Stevenson is not known for his good endings. No. It was a really readable book up to that point. It's hard to wrap it up. Sorry I got William Gibson and Neil Stevenson confused in my head. Is there anything else you wanted to cover before we go? Mm-mm. Um, so, the number one secret is... I'd like some candy. Uh, number two secret is... Don't tell Alan Alta that, we, that we're attracted to him. And... Third secret is we love you very much. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. It's not a secret. Bye. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Uh, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to reach out to us on social media, we are at HBWC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, or happy birthday who cares at gmail.com. 